It's stage five of the Tour de France. Drama, drama, drama. Let's be having you. Cue that intro. The big question is this. How do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness, and our longevity? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh, and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Roadman, welcome back to another Roadman Tour de France show special. Uh, we're rolling on to stage five today, and I'm not going to lie to you, it was uneventful for large parts of the day. But don't fear because there's high drama. There's high drama after the finish line, which I'll reveal in one second. We rode 183 very, very slow kilometers. It was a coffee stop from Gap to Privas. Uh, before we even got started today, there was a couple of things that caught my eye. Uh, Roach uh, is doing, a, Nicholas Roach, friend of the show, is doing an article for Irish newspaper, the Irish Independent, and he had an uh, interesting recollection of a conversation he had. It wasn't a conversation, I'm being polite. He had a spat in the bunch with uh, one of the visitors. I keep calling them Lotto, because they used to be sponsored by Lotto, I think, of the Jumbo Visma riders, Janssen. I want to talk to you about that in a second, but before I jump in and talk about that and the rest of the drama, high drama, I did mention, from today, I want to draw your attention to our Patreon. Thank you guys for your continued support on Patreon, if you're one of our Patreons. If you're not yet a Patreon, please, please, please take one second and head over to patreon.com forward slash Anthony underscore Walsh. That's how you fund the podcast. That's how you can show me we're going the right direction. You can show your appreciation. It's a small amount of cash. The pubs are closed at the moment. It's the price of buying like one beer a month. If you're getting some value from it, I would encourage you to go over there because your donations make all the difference. They really, really do, especially during the Tour de France where it is. We're going daily, every day of the week, so it's extra hosting costs, extra resources being pulled in. Okay, here we go. So, Nicholas Roach, I think it's he won't mind me saying, it's fair to call him a veteran of the peloton at this stage. Uh, he had a lad who I don't even really know, if I'm honest, Janssen from uh, Jumbo Visma. Now, you get a bit of a swagger when you're Roglic's teammate, but this swagger is... Uh, bit uncalled for. He said, Janssen barged into me from the right as he tried to cut onto the wheel on front of me. This was going into the penultimate climb. He said, it really annoyed me. Uh, when you're riding in close proximity every day, bumps and barges often happen accidentally, so I thought nothing of it, and I used my shoulder to bounce him off me. Then he started cursing at me, calling me a fucking idiot. I politely informed him that he shouldn't speak to me like that, and we traded a few insults and went our separate ways. In the valley below, I noticed Janssen just in front of me, and with our little argument behind us, I went to shake hands with him. He blanked me and kept riding. (laughs) Boy. Yeah. Uh, It doesn't sound good, but I suppose this is what happens in the bunch. I don't actually know Janssen. I'm going to look him up and see what, what he's about, what he's about. The kid's got some stones blanking one of the elder statesmen, Nicholas Roach. Uh... Oh, I've seen another interesting one, Tivo Pino. Now, we all know the French, they have, how do we put this nicely, uh, a penchant for the dramatic. But Pino apparently has been undergoing three hours, this to me sounds a bit unbelievable, three hours of treatment every evening on his back, which is completely seized, the team doctor told the keep. It seems an extravagant amount of treatment, three hours a night. Uh, like, is he eating his dinner on the massage table? Like, the stage is finished at five. 
Like they're back. I don't know. It just it doesn't add up for me. Three hours of treatment sounds crazy. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, today was a complete piano day, and there's a couple of things I think we need to understand as to why these days come around so often, and potentially why there's it's one of them today. Uh, we spoke about the tour potentially ending early with COVID. Now, a, a, if you're a GC team like Ineos or Yumba Visma. In these transition stages, it's been tradition for years to let a big breakaway go, let it get 17 minutes, a half an hour, with the guys who can't climb for peanuts, you know, the guys who are spot out on once the serious racing starts. But you let one of these teams, one of the lesser teams, a Kofidis, take the jersey. And then it's on to them to defend the jersey. They're never going to defend it, so they defend it in vain through the easier transition stages. And it saves the legs from the race favourites. It saves the race favourites, Ineos or Yumbo, putting riders on the front and defending a jersey all day, every day. That's what's happened a lot of the time. We didn't see that today. And today was one of the stages I'd marked out as potentially a breakaway going and taking a huge amount of time and the jersey changing hands. It didn't happen for a number of reasons. The peloton haven't been allowing these breaks to get time. So the racing's been super hard up to this point and everybody just decided, you know what, the sprinters are so keen on this today. They're not letting any breaks get time. There's zero chance of a break going to the finish. So I'm not bothering me bollocks going out on the break all day and wasting my legs when I have no chance of getting to the finish. And because of that, we had a little bit of a stalemate all day. The second thing I think we need to consider is with the COVID situation and the tour potentially not making it all the way to Paris, I don't think the big teams wanted to let your unknown Kofidis rider take 17 minutes because they mightn't get the full three weeks of racing to chip away at that time, which would normally be no problem once you get into the high mountains. But I don't think they wanted to give that rope this year, so it's been raced slightly different. Just my tuppenies worth, but what it made for was... Uh, Thankfully, I had some work to be doing and I had it on mute in the background, but it made for some pretty painful viewing and I didn't listen to the commentators during it, but I would say they were telling stories about orchards, towers. I'd say it was a local history lesson from the commentators to try and walk fans through that. It did start spicing up with about 20k to go. Sepp Kuss, the young American protege, I would say Sepp Kuss's main lieutenant, uh, depending on how Tom Dumoulin's legs are, had a bit of a get-down. Uh, luckily for him, it wasn't a get-down, stay-down. It was a get-down, bounce back up with a bit of road rash. He got back in. Uh, it's ripped the jersey. You know, there's no... I love the way commentators and you know fans often trivialise crashes. Oh, it was an easy one. He didn't hurt himself. Every time you hit the ground at 30, 40 kilometres an hour, it hurts. If it doesn't leave cuts, if it doesn't leave broken bones, that's great but you fuck up your body you fuck up your alignment you fuck up cortisol levels you're going to sleep poorly that night there's no trivial crashes in a three-week stage race where you're fighting for your life and every day you're doing the craziest things to get marginal gains to maximize your recovery a crash sets you back huge make no mistake about that a crash really affects you so it's interesting Sepp Kuss and George Bennett now have both hit the deck recently and we're heading into quite a difficult stage tomorrow so let's see how they go. Let's see how they come around. Ineos had an attempt to whack it in a cross tailwind at about eight kilometers to go. If anyone's not familiar, cross tail like riding full gas into a headwind, a team trying to split the bunch, it will never happen. 
crosswinds are where you can really do damage. So Team Ineos smelt the change of direction. They were forced to react. They got there with AK to go. They got everyone organized, even Bernal riding through. There was a couple of splits, but nothing major, and it reformed. Mark Hershey was actually dropped uh, today in the run-in. Uh, the, the Cervelo, or what does Cervelo call themselves these days? Sunweb. Sunweb rider who went with the Alaphilippe attack on stage one and who for the world looked to have amazing legs. He was only, I think he was 45 seconds down on the white jersey heading into today's stage, so he was well in the shake-up. But that's unfortunately come to an end for him now. The bunch sprint wasn't an all-out flat sprint fest. It was a slight little uphill on it. But yeah, it was basically, it wasn't as much of an uphill as I thought. It went, I think, from 200 metres to 270 metres in the last K. So again, 75 metres in the last K. So pretty trivial. But it was enough to sap legs of the real fast men like Caleb Yoon. And it was a real man's man, strong man. I, I don't know what this man can't do. Cyclocross world champion. Uh, he can ride the classics. Yesterday he's riding full gas up a Cat 1 climb and spitting some of the best climbers in the world. Wout van Aert powered home ahead of Ball, who got an amazing lead out from Sunweb. And then we have Bennett, the Irishman, who took an intermediate sprint earlier in the day. And that, combined with his third place, finish was enough to wrestle the green jersey out of Sagan's hands and onto an Irish shoulder that's great great news uh, Bennett I'm sure there's a untalked about little rivalry between him and Sagan after Bennett moved from Bora Hansgrove over to uh, the Wolf Pack. there's got to be a little bit of needle there because I know he got so little focus and so little attention on that team with Sagan he so often played second fiddle was an afterthought that's got to be a chip on the shoulder. It's got to great at you. I would have liked to see Bennett sprinting for a stage win. It didn't feel to me like he sprinted for the stage win. We talked about this yesterday. If he keeps going for intermediates, I just don't see him getting the green jersey all the way to Paris. Uh, I just don't see him getting over the hills with Saigon. Maybe he proves me wrong, but I would have way, way preferred him to, to see him abandon thoughts of this green jersey and winning the stage. It's something that'll just live live long on the Palmares and live long in the memories of uh, Irish cycling fans to win a stage in the Tour de France maybe it's coming for him but opportunities like today they don't come around too often he was toured today he went for the intermediate and he won the intermediate Wout van Aert's not going near that intermediate and he wins the sprint we're talking about tiny tiny margins at this level and I just think you got to be doing everything to conserve that energy. But look, I'm not Patrick Lefevre, the quick step director. He has his own battle plan and Bennett's going for intermediates. It's his decision. It's their own decision, but it's his decision. Uh, so there you go. Jumbo Visma must be a cool place to be at the moment. Wout van Aert winning today. Wout van Aert smashing shit to pieces yesterday on the last climb before Sepp Kuss took over and then Roglic winning the stage. They just are a team with momentum. They're a team that it must be great crack to be hanging out on the bus. And they must just feel invincible at the moment. And the real change in the guard from Ineos to Jumbo Visma. They're a team that has a swagger about them. And hopefully that swagger continues because I'm, I'm really enjoying them. Uh, now, the big drama. Uh, Philippe is the race leader from Adam Yates at four seconds. From Roglic at seven seconds. Or is he? Alaphilippe went away. He got his jersey. Posted pictures on social media. Quick step even posted a picture of Bennett and Alaphilippe on social media saying, great day for the Wolfpack. 
enter the commissars and some fucking horrible bastard of a video ref. They're only after going and fining uh, Alaphilippe a 20-second penalty for taking a bottle on the side of the road off a of Swanure with 20 kilometers to go. They fined him 20 seconds, folks. Alaphilippe has been thrown out of the lead in the Tour de France for taking a bottle. A bottle. It's not like he pushed off a car. It's not like he drafted. It's not like he cheated. He took a bottle in the last 20k. And he's been fined 20 seconds. Now, I know what you're going to say. It's against the rules. It's against the rules. It is. But it's a stupid fucking rule. Fine him 20 seconds. Fine him some cash. He got fined 200 Swiss francs as well. Alaphilippe is now down to 16th on GC. I can only imagine. If you thought the Black Lives protests or the Yellow Vest protests were bad, the French are going to be so pissed off with this. It For me, it's a joke. It's a complete disgrace. It obviously went to that committee, the Commissar's committee, and they found against them. But how they thought it was a good idea to strip the leader of the Tour de France of the jersey for taking a bottle. It's it, it's farcical, to be honest. So I'm really pissed off when I'm saying that. Uh, tomorrow's stage is stage six. It's La Thiel to Mount Agol. It's 191 kilometers. We've two category three climbs, and then we've won quite a spicy climb at the end. It's a cat one climb called the Lucette. It's GC day. Make no mistake. It's going to be our second shake up we've seen in the GC. We seen Roglic yesterday. The man was beast. We seen how strong his team were. We've also seen George Bennett and Sepp Coase hitting the deck in recent days. The Wolfpack aren't going to be defending the jersey tomorrow because Alaphilippe has been wrongly fired out of the jersey. What we do have now, and I'm delighted for the guys, I'm sure it's not the way they would have wanted to get it, but we have friend of the show, Matt White from Mitchelton Scott. We have his boy, Adam Yates, in the jersey. So the boys, I'm sure, are ferociously going to defend that jersey. Tomorrow's a stage that's going to suit Adam anyway. It's interesting, it's interesting. I'm just so delighted we still have a Tour de France to talk about every day. The racing's been brilliant, the drama's been brilliant. And I know what you're thinking, this podcast has been brilliant. And if you're thinking that, jump on over to Patreon, because that's the end of the show. So it's my time to remind you to get on over to patreon.com. Buy me a pint of beer, buy me a coffee, and say thanks for doing what you do. Thanks for sacrificing your time and researching this Tour de France podcast. Guys, it's a pleasure to chat to you about cycling again, and I'm going to be back tomorrow for stage six of Tour de France. Talk to you all then.